Welcome to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly is brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Everyone, welcome to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend as we join you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Coming up in a little bit on our show today, we will hear from Rigo Beltran, the new bullpen coach for the Guardians. We'll also visit with Ahmed Rosario and David Fry, who made his Major League debut as a starter earlier this week. And Cal Quantrill will join us as well as he talks about a really impressive outing last Sunday. But first, a quick look back at the week in review as on Monday, a 6-2 loss to the Tigers opened up that three-game series with Detroit and put the the Guardians in bounce-back mode on Tuesday. And you can't ask for much better on the mound than Shane Bieber when you're in need of a win. The Guardians got the scoring started in the very first inning as Stephen Kwan and Ahmed Rosario reached base. Then Jose Ramirez came through, driving in the game's first run. Now the 2-2, swung on, lifted in the air, right center field, medium deep. Catch made by Green, the center fielder. Coming home is Quan. throw to the plate, not in time. He slides in with the first run. So Jose Ramirez with a sack fly to medium deep right center. Green with a strong throw to the plate, but Quan runs well. And Jose Ramirez hits RBI number 20, tops on the ball club. And the Guardians have an early 1-0 lead. Bieber on the mound for the Guardians was rolling right along, and he got a little help from his defense to keep Detroit off the board in the third inning. Here's a 2-2 pitch. Swung on, drilled to right. That's a base hit. Baez is being waved home. Here comes Will Brennan's Throw to the plate on one bounce. Slide tag. He is out at the plate on a diving tag by catcher Cam Gallagher. And a strong throw by Brennan. And the Tigers, deciding whether or not to challenge the call, are going to challenge it. After review, the call is confirmed. There was no blocking of the plate. Detroit loses their challenge. That didn't seem to make any sense whatsoever to challenge blocking the plate. The catcher was in front of the plate and dove toward the plate. So Detroit just wasted a challenge, and the Guardians lead one to nothing in the middle of the third. And then Bieber went back to work, trying to maintain that one-run lead. Bieber checking second. Now the one-one offering. Swung on, broke a bad roller to second. Jimenez to second one. Rosario relay. Got him! Inning-ending double play. Turned by Jimenez and Rosario, and Bieber does it again. Two on, nobody out. Works out of it. And Shane Bieber pitching another beauty. one nothing Cleveland in the middle of the sixth. In the eighth, the Tigers were threatening again, but more good defense from the Guardians kept the shutout in order. The pitch, 
Swung on line shot. Deep center on the run of Strahl. Reaches up, makes a great catch. Falling down, fires it back in toward the infield. Ah, Torkelson should have been tagging up with nobody out. But he got caught going halfway to third. And then Straw made a tremendous running catch, reaching up to snag it. That's just not smart base running in a one-run ballgame. Stefan one strike away from getting out of this mess. He lets it fly. And a swing and a chopper toward third. It's a fair ball right over the bag. Backhanded deep at third. Ramirez's throw is in time. And this Guardians bullpen keeps the lead. one nothing Guardians in the middle of the eighth. And in the bottom half of the eighth inning, the Guardians were looking to add some insurance. Will Brennan singled, stole second, and then Ahmed Rosario got the job done. Two down. Brennan's at third. one nothing Cleveland. Bottom of the eighth. Full count on Rosario with Ramirez on deck. The payoff pitch. Swung on, pounded, deep right field. Back goes Fearling. Back, back, reaches up, can't make the catch. Hits the track, bangs up against the wall. Around second, on his way to third with another triple. Ahmed Rosario with a four-hit game. And a league-leading third triple. And he knocks in Will Brennan to make it two to nothing. And oh, did he burn Matt Veerling, who was not very deep and right. And Ahmed Rosario with three hits to right field tonight. And again, this is an entirely different offense when Ahmed Rosario gets locked in. Then in the ninth, Emmanuel Classe came on to try and finish things up. Javier Baez, very capable of hitting one out of here. Right-hander against right-hander. The pitch. Swung on, chopped by the mound, near second. Jimenez, gloves, throws to first. Bow game! And the Guardians, for the second time this week, get a 2-0 shutout win. Tonight, they climb back above the Tigers with this 2-0 victory. So a nice win there for the Guardians. And then on Wednesday, the Tigers came back behind Eduardo Rodriguez. His strong pitching led to a 5-0 shutout win for Detroit. Thursday was an off day, and then Friday night, a back-and-forth game saw the Angels score two runs in the ninth inning, and they went on to the 5-4 to four victory. So not the easiest of weeks for Cleveland, but uh, if you go back a little bit, they've received some really good pitching on this homestand, including from Cal Quantrill last Sunday, as Quantrill was absolutely superb in what turned out to be Another shutout win for the Guardians over the Twins this time. Quantrill with seven shutout innings, his second strong start in a row. And when we caught up with him the next day, he talked about some of the things that have put him in a good place. I think turn of the month, weather's getting a little nicer. I think delivery's kind of coming together, starting to settle in. Um, getting more comfortable with our catchers. You know, lots of different things, but just throwing the ball better for sure. Is it hard to be patient through that process to, to let some of those things take hold? Uh, yeah, I mean, you want to come out of the gates hot, but it's baseball. <laughs> it's a tough sport. Sometimes it doesn't go your way. So glad that we had a couple good ones and something to build off of and hopefully have a good rest of the month. When you look at your repertoire, I know after the game it sounded like you were able to to change things up a little bit and use some pitches that maybe you hadn't used a whole lot before. Um, explain what was going on yesterday and why it worked. 
Um, you know, I think that we were in better counts yesterday. Um, I think we were able to get uh, some outs early in the game on, on secondary pitches, which allowed me to, to do some different things as the game went on. But, you know, we've been looking for an opportunity to throw the splitter more, um, throw the curveball more. I think yesterday just presented more of those opportunities. Cal Quantrill joining us. Yeah, no hitter into the seventh inning. When did you realize what was going on, and, and does it impact you in any way late in the game when it's going that well? I mean, I, I probably knew in the sixth or fifth, or but there's a lot of outs to go. <laughs> and I don't think it really changes much until you get to the ninth. So um, it was fun. I was glad to, to take a stab at it, but um, most importantly, we got the win. And you got two runs early to work with. What does that mean to you when you go out there and you have two right away? It's huge. We've been grinding. Um, our guys have been putting up good at-bats. I think we've faced a lot of good starters in a row, and sometimes that first two times through the order has been tough. But, um, you know, I thought they really put quality at-bats early in the game yesterday and gave me a little leeway, and it's always better pitching with a lead. And you mentioned um, observing the hitters and what they're going through. How important is it that, that the team stays together and, and pitchers are obviously aware of what hitters are doing and maybe vice versa too? Yeah, it's a team sport. Um I won a lot of games last year where they scored eight for me. It's ebbs and flows of baseball. Um, you know, obviously they're working hard, and I, I guess you know, as as a teammate for me, that's all I care about: working hard, trying to get better. And you know, I think that they've put up some quality at bats the last two series, and we're trending in the right direction. And you're part of a starting rotation that's really been on a, on a nice roll with some different faces in there. Uh, Still, though, that, that kind of team unity from a, a rotation standpoint where you guys help each other and, and work with some of the younger guys? Yeah, I mean, obviously willing to offer anything that I think would be valuable, but at the same time, you, you want to make sure that you're letting guys, especially uh, rookies, kind of do what they're good at, right? They, they got called up for a reason and try and observe first and speak second and make sure you're letting them kind of bring what they've, you know, what, what's got them here and, and get after it and then you know if I see something over the course of the first three four starts then maybe chime in but been really impressed I think uh, both you know mentally and, and physically they're prepared to play at this level and it's shown so far. It make you think back to, to when you were a rookie at all and, and what you broke in what the the atmosphere was like then? Yeah yeah I was I was on a uh, I was in a fairly heavy rookie staff when I broke in but I had some some veteran leadership uh, in the bullpen and leaned on them for sure I mean there's a lot of things you just can't learn in the minor leagues. So, um, you know, hopefully able to provide a little bit of help and, you know, learn some things from the young guns too. And a, a good weekend team-wise, taking two out of three from Minnesota. Uh, nice to get back in the division a little bit and, and see what's out there in terms of what you'll have to play later on. Yeah, I mean, you got to beat everybody to accomplish the goal that, that we want to. But, um, you know, it's nice to kind of get a little barometer, a little read on where we're at in the division too and, um, two out of three against the you know the team that's played the best so far in our division feels good. So you know I think happy to be back for what is it uh, two uh, six, six games six division games. But uh, and we're back at it after. Cal, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Yep, that's Cal Quantrill, Guardian starting pitcher who has been throwing the ball extremely well. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll hear from Guardian shortstop Ahmed Rosario and also utility man David Fry. That's coming your way shortly as we continue with Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Progressive Insurance protects people's cars, homes, and other vehicles. But if you've ever seen our commercials or even just heard our name, you probably already knew that. 
What you may not know is that we support Humble Design, a nonprofit that furnishes homes for families and veterans emerging from homelessness. Because a little help goes a long way. And a lot of help. Well, you get the idea. Now, if you already knew all of this about progressive insurance, we're impressed. We'll have to find something else cool to tell you next time. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Welcome back into Guardians Weekly. You know, I'm Ed Rosario starting to heat things up at the plate. He usually does this time of year when the weather begins to warm up. He had a four-hit game earlier this week. And as he has uh, begun to swing the bat hot lately, we had a chance to visit with him with some translation help from Augie Rivero. And Ahmed talked about how he's been able to stay level-headed through the tough times while he's waiting to get going offensively. Sí, eh, el juego es bastante difícil, como yo siempre digo. Entonces... I mean, as I always say, the game is really hard. And obviously, you know, I have to be aware that this is, I'm very gifted and, and, and blessed by God to be able to play this game. So this is the one thing I get to do. I, I got to enjoy it regardless of the good or the bad results. So just got to be positive and keep playing the same way every day. Easier now at this stage of your career with some good experience under your belt as compared to maybe when you first broke into the major leagues to get through the, the difficult times and know that it's going to turn around? Sí, sí, sí. Y también tú sabes que varía un poquito un poquito la ciudad, tú sabes que Yeah, what I doubt now is a little bit easier uh, I mean, to, to put it in practice, but I felt, you know, it was difficult, a little more difficult in the past because in my previous team, you know, you had a little more extra things from the outside you have to deal with that made it a little more difficult to to keep stay present. So right now I feel like thanks to that practice and being the fact that I play in this team, I'm able to to just keep it more more in practice on a daily basis. More four-hit games for you than anybody else in the major leagues since the start of the 2021 season. Um, anything to that when you get into a game and you have a couple under your belt and, and you just keep rolling, it seems? No, no, realmente. Como yo te digo, yo vengo a jugar el juego día a día. I don't think much of that. I think it has to say, you know, on the day and positive on the day. I mean, I feel like in theory, I feel like I never lose. I always learn and try to make out of the, the best out of those situations. So for me, um, you know, I keep playing, doing my thing, and try to put the ball in play. And if it happens, it happens. But for me, I'm always finding where how to win. Ah, man, nice going last night. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Augie, thanks. Thank you, guys. That's Guardian shortstop Ahmed Rosario. Another big night for him on Friday night with the triple, double, and single part of the cycle in a three-hit game for him. David Fry is just up from the minor leagues. He made his major league debut on the last road trip in New York with a pinch running assignment, and he received his first starting assignment earlier this week, and, and that was in the series against the Tigers on Monday night. He got in there with a start at first base, and we caught up with him the next day and uh, talked to him about that dream coming true, playing in the major leagues for the first time after some extensive time in the minors. It was a blast. I mean, something you work for your entire life and uh, comes to fruition, and it was a whole lot of fun. I mean, it would have been a lot cooler if we won, but still just to be able to experience that with my wife there, it was a whole lot of fun. It's been interesting to see how you've kind of gotten on that radar now um, with a good spring. And uh, Did you feel some momentum coming off a good season last year and, and then being in big league camp? Yeah, I mean, last year was a good one and uh, heard some like positive things at the end of the year and then getting the invite to big league spring training was just hoping to make a good first impression in front of the big league staff and 
uh, was able to do that, and uh, luckily now I'm here. You didn't make the club out of spring training, but they kept you around till the very end. What, what did that mean to you, and, and do you think that helped you in any way, especially considering how things have gone here the last week? It was really cool. It was awesome. He told me I was going to stay for the whole thing, and just to kind of continue to get reps with these guys and just spend more time around them. I mean, so whenever I do get called up, and then it feels like I've been with these guys a lot now, and it doesn't feel a whole lot different. David, it's funny. You look at trades sometimes, and and you were involved in a trade that probably, unless you're a real hardcore baseball fan, maybe a lot of people wouldn't have noticed. But for you, what has that trade meant to you based on where you were with Milwaukee and then what's happened here with Cleveland? Yeah, it was one of those things whenever I got told in spring training with the Brewers, I was catching a bullpen, and they were like, hey, you just got traded. It was the first time for me getting traded, so just a whole lot of emotions, saying bye to all my buddies and then not knowing what to expect over here. And then just the amount of great people in this organization, both players and staff, I've loved every minute of it. And then lucky enough to uh, actually play in the big leagues with this team now, it's, it's, it's been uh, one of the best things that could ever happen to me. A big key for you has been versatility. Uh, we saw you play first base last night. We're interviewing you right now. You're wearing catcher's gear. When did that become a big part of your game? I was an infielder in college, and then kind of they were just like, hey, you're super slow, so you're going to get drafted as a catcher. So then first couple of years of pro ball was just catching, and then since 2021, it's been a little bit of everything. I played outfield, third, first, catcher. So just the more positions, the better. Is super slow on a scout's radar? Is that is that anywhere in their manual of how to rate players? Yeah, yeah I think super slow is one of the one of the main phrases they got. <laughs> All right, Northwestern State University, Louisiana. Can you please pronounce the the name of the city that it's in? Yeah, it's Natchitoches, Natchitoches, Louisiana. You get so many different ones. People are like Natchitoches or Natchitoches, or I mean, there's some terrible ones out there. But yeah, Natchitoches, Louisiana. I won't make you spell it. How's yeah. that? Yeah, please don't. I wouldn't do it. David, congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks. That is David Fry enjoying life as a major leaguer for the first time in his professional career. And uh, he has certainly filled a void in that utility role for Cleveland. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll meet new bullpen coach Rigo Beltran. That's coming your way shortly on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Jim Rosenhouse back with you on Guardians Weekly. We're down at Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Lots of different places you can pick up the show each week, including on the Guardians Radio Network and your affiliate stations. Also, in podcast form, wherever you enjoy downloading your favorite podcasts, or you can check out the show at cleguardians.com. All the archived editions are there as well. Guardians will wrap up the homestand with a game on Saturday night against the Angels, a 6-10 first pitch, and then a morning start against the Angels to close out the homestand, 11:35 on Mother's Day Sunday in downtown Cleveland. Guardians and Angels wrapping it up, and then it's off to Chicago and New York again, this time to play the Mets on the upcoming road swing for Cleveland. Well, the bullpen, for the most part, has done some really good work here early in the season. And the new bullpen coach is Rigo Beltran. We had a, can- a chance to catch up with him earlier this week. He's a longtime member of the organization as a pitching coach in the minor leagues, also a coordinator. And when we visited with him, he, he filled us in on some of the adjustments that he's had to make in his new role this year. Well, it, it, it's definitely an adjustment period. Um, 
I, when I played, I was a starter. Then I became a reliever when I got to the big league. So I have an idea what the culture and what the expectations are. Uh, but transitioning to being a full-time bullpen coach, it's a little different than what I'm used to. You know, you're looking at the at the game from like 400 feet away. Uh, being in the dugout, you're able to see like, deliver a little bit easier. You get to read swings a little bit easier. Um, but in the same respect, when you're in the bullpen, you get to create a little bit more tighter niche uh, relationship with the players because you're there for nine innings with them. Uh, you get to have conversations that happen organically, even about delivery or pitch sequences or even personal stuff. So I really am enjoying it. We have a great group of guys there that are really tight-knit, and it's been such a positive experience. And a lot of the same pitchers are back from a year ago and, and seasons prior to that. How often have you heard the name of former bullpen coach, now Royals pitching coach, Brian Sweeney, as you go through your, your daily activities? <laughs> you know what? I, I get along really good. I get along really good with Brian, and I reached out to him a couple times during spring training. And as a matter of fact, before the season started, uh, we went out to dinner and had a good conversation. Um, but, you know, Brian did have a really positive influence here. I think he was here for five years in the last couple of years being in the bullpen. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of times where I'm doing things and they reference Brian. Brian used to do it this way. Brian used to do it that way, which is great. So I just try to follow some of the stuff that Brian used to do just with my own little twist to it. Rigo Beltran joining us. He's the Guardians' new bullpen coach, but has been in the organization for quite some time. And uh, when you look out there at, at what makes a bullpen click, and this one certainly has early on, and uh, some hiccups along the way, but for the most part, a, a real strength of this team. What do you see out there as, as a real plus for this group? I think the biggest plus is uh, that a lot of these guys have stuff. They have the ability, like arm strength, so they have weapons to get people out. Uh, they have a great support system, and the support system they have is each other. A lot of them came up together. They've played the last couple of years together, so they really have each other's back. Um, and they're always prepared. You know, They're asking the right questions when they're out there. They're asking questions about as far as how to attack guys or how many pitches does a starter have or when do you think I might be going up. And the other thing that I'm really impressed with is how engaged they are in the game. They know exactly what's going on. They, they activate themselves, especially early in the season where it's been so cold. They do a good job of prepping, being ready to go, so when their name is called, they're ready to uh, step up on the mound and get going. And in years past, there's been that grizzled veteran who's been around the block a, a time or two. Brian Shaw comes to mind uh, immediately. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's that type of, of pitcher out there this year, but enough experience to, to maybe overcome that or some lessons learned from, from guys in the past? You know, it's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, you could tell that Shaw left a fingerprint out there in the bullpen. Uh, these guys talk about him all the time. They, can, they talk about some of the experiences that they have with him and what they learned. So I think they did a great job of embracing him and learning from him last year, and now these guys are starting to, uh, to learn on their own. Um, they have each other. They do a great job of supporting each other. Again, a lot of these guys have played with each other for years, so there's a lot of that trust factor. Um, they ask questions to me. They ask questions to Carl. They ask questions to Tori. So it, it, they have a huge growth mindset, and they did a great job of learning from Shaw, and they're, and they're still growing. They're still maturing. A lot of teams are, are on the search for a consistent closer. The Guardians have been fortunate to have Emmanuel Classe in that spot the past couple of years. What does he do for the rest of that bullpen, you think, because of the success that he has at the end of games? Well, it's just, it's just like you said, it's nice to have an established closer in the back end of the game that you can trust. And what he does, he allows other guys to pitch in situations that are going to be into their strengths. So I feel that, you know, that Tito does a great job of putting guys – in situations where they're going to succeed, knowing that they has a closer in the back end that's going to do the job. Rigo, great to have you along. Thanks for coming by. Thank you for having me. That is Rigo Beltran, a 
Guardians' new bullpen coach, overseeing a bullpen that at times has been dominant, at times has had some difficulties closing out games, but for the most part, a strength of this ball club, and uh, they'll need to be if they hope to stay in contention here in 2023. Stay tuned. We'll have our final segment after this timeout. Progressive covers pets in our auto policy at no extra charge. Now let's see what your dog has to say. As a dog, I think Progressive's auto pet policy is... Oh, what is that? That's just my tail. <laughs> Weird. Anyway, Progressive protects... There it is again. See? This is why I need protection. I'm so distracted. Nope, that is still my tail. Progressive Auto Insurance covers pets for up to $1,000 in a car accident at no extra charge. And we think your dog would say that's great, too. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. It's time for our weekly farm report with the Director of Player Development for the Guardians, Rob Serfolio. And uh, this week we're going to focus on Lake County just up the road, the high A team for the Cleveland organization. And, uh, Rob, before we get into to individual players, uh, we were talking earlier, this is a really young team for the level they are at. And um, just explain what when we say young team, what does that mean in terms of, of the type of player that's there and, and their age and experience at this point in time? Yeah, young is a, is spot on. You know, we, especially on the position player side, the things wrote a handful of these guys got their first taste of full season baseball last year in Lynchburg. Um, we have a couple of college guys that were from the draft class from this past year that are making their debut. So not a lot of full season baseball experience. Our position player group, like I said, is a lot younger than average across that league, which creates a great opportunity for those guys to, to get challenged versus better, better competition. Uh, so that's been really fun and out of the gate. And we got a couple guys that are off to good starts and a couple guys that are off to a little bit of a slower start, which, which is expected when you're rolling out a, a super young lineup. And when we look at individual players, a lot of these names we're going to talk about, um, we saw them at various points in time during Major League Spring Training, filling out games at the end, and, and they certainly held their own in in that arena, so to speak. But uh, let's start with Juan Brito, who uh, saw a fair amount of time in Major League Spring Training games. Um, when you look at Brito coming over from another organization, the Colorado Rockies, last summer, what's been impressive to you um, both offensively and defensively? Yeah, there's a lot to like with 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 Juan, and we're we're really excited about just the the type of kid and talent that we got in that trade last year with Colorado. Um, this is a guy that can play all over the place in the infield. He can play short. He can play second. He can play third. He's really kind of working on just positional versatility with how important that is. You know, we've seen at the major league level a lot of young guys come up, and the more versatile they are, the more opportunities they have to get in the lineup and. So defensively, just his ability to stand in multiple areas and do so pretty pretty impressively is is a, is a feather in his cap. And then what he brings to the table on offense might be his his greatest skill set, which is really impressive knowledge of the zone. Doesn't chase a lot, takes his walks, and then gap to gap line drive kind of hitter with some developing power from both sides of the plate. So you know this is a piece and 
that we're lucky to have and you know we're going to be really excited to work with here over the next couple of years and you mentioned that that ability uh to command the strike zone throughout his career and it's happening again this year more walks than strikeouts how unusual is that especially for a young kid in the minor leagues yeah it's uh, especially in the lower levels where you know pitchers struggle with command a little bit more so than they do at some of the higher levels so you know, you look at guys like Stephen Kwan who have done that in the past in the minor leagues. There's not a huge list of players that, you know, walk more than they strike out and then, by the way, hit for a little bit of extra base power. So um, it's an impressive skill set and just his ability to put the bat on the ball but also not chase. And when he does swing, uh, he's he's tending to swing at pitches that are, you know, where he's looking to do damage. So it's an impressive skill set for such a young player. Joe Lampy is an outfielder that we also saw during major league spring training games, uh, a college drafted yep. player, but uh, someone who I know Tito mentioned it. This guy's an energy guy, and um, what are you seeing from him so far at this level? Yeah, that's spot on. He plays the game really hard, whether it's at the plate, whether it's base running. Uh, kind of a, a guy that's just bringing effort in a good way to all aspects of the game. That just injects energy in the rest of the team and. You know, I think he I think he was player of the month in, in April or, or something like that for the Midwest League and just got off to a really hot start. Not not too dissimilar from from Brito with really good contact skills. This guy hits a lot of line drives, so he's putting the ball in play at productive angles. And then he can play all over the place in the outfield. You know, I think he's got a chance to really play center field at a at a high level, knows the game, pays attention to the details. So for him to get challenged, you know, this is like you said, a guy in last year's draft class, who's getting his first taste at pro ball right out of the gate in high A. You know, he got a tiny little taste in, in Lynchburg last year, but he was hurt towards the end of the year. So kind of his first go at being full healthy. And we challenged him, and he's and he's met that challenge so far in, in Lake County. Younger player, uh, how about Jake Fox with some, some professional experience under his belt now, uh, going through some ups and downs here early in the season. But what do you like about Jake? Yeah, you know, not not the the greatest start to the year. He he'd probably be the first to tell you that. But um, this is a, a young player that's really talented that we've asked to to learn how to play the outfield. He can do a lot of really impressive things in the batter's box. With again, another guy with plus contact skills, um, he can hit the ball out of the ballpark. Still a developing young player at just 20 years old who has a lot of upside. Um, so I know he maybe from a numbers standpoint, as as everyone's checking out the box scores, hasn't uh, posted the same type of numbers out of the gate as Brito and Lampy, but um, a guy that is just as talented that we're really excited to to see how he bounces back. And you know, oftentimes challenges early on for young players ends up being a good thing, where it's a a way for them to to learn how to respond to a little adversity. And these guys come from levels where they've been the best player their whole life, and um, so there's a lot of good that can come out of this, and we're expecting Jake to bounce back just fine. Similar situation at all for, for Milan Tolentino? Very similar. You know, another guy. You look at both those guys' performance last year, and um, I know they're just being in there within the last couple of days. They're a little frustrated with where they are today, but, you know, it's like I said, it's it's leaning into some of the develop, the long-term development track that we have with these guys and trying to take some positives out of what they're going through today to help them in the future. And, you know, I think both those guys are just too talented to, to struggle like they did in the first month. And, and we expect Milan, uh, you know, another exciting young infielder that can really play shortstop 
can bounce around in the infield, but just brings a well-rounded skill set, runs the bases hard, does a lot of the little things that Tito and our major league staff really talk and value. Um, so, you know, we're, we're excited for him to continue to get going here as, as the weather starts to warm up and uh, we get a lot more games ahead of us. All right, well, we'll stay on infield. And uh, gosh, it seems like we, every team we always talk about, uh, good defenders up the middle. Jorgis Valdez, uh, another one in that in cut from that cloth of, of good defense and and maybe doing some things offensively too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is a if if we were to do a, a defensive competition across our entire organization, I think Jorgis would put a <laughs> would make it close to the finals in any type of defensive skill set or or uh, competition you wanted to come up with. So, uh, you know, this is this is a guy that last year spent pretty much the whole year in Lynchburg um, and just got better and better offensively. Like he's been, you know, an A plus defender for us can really pick it at shortstop and our hitting group credit to, to those guys and Yordis for just continuing to get better, finding ways to up his game, another switch hitter. Um, and he's doing, he's like can continuing to get better from both sides of the plate with, contact skills with putting the ball in play at good angles um so just you know another young player like you said that can play anywhere in the infield that can really glove it and has continued to challenge himself and get better offensively uh, which has been really fun to watch rob serfolio joining us he's the director of player development for the guardians we're talking lake county captains at the high a level and uh, switching to the mound, Ethan Hankins is a name that's it's been on the radar since he was drafted, but he's had some injury issues, and he's just now getting back, and uh, he'll make another start over the weekend. But, uh, but where is he in terms of getting back to a, a normal routine and, and seeing how good he can be and not just rehabbing? Yeah, that's kind of exactly where we are. You know, it's been, you know, you look at it, it's almost a, a perfect storm in a, in an unfortunate way for Hank in the sense that 2019 was really throwing the ball well as a young high school draftee. The pandemic happens. We all lose the 2020 season. So he doesn't really get a chance to pitch competitively outside of site two gets hurt in spring training in 2021 ends up missing the whole year and pretty much the whole year last year as part of his uh, TJ rehab progression and so you know we're just really excited and what a credit to to ethan to be able to weather that storm make it all the way back it's been an incredibly long track for him to get back out on the field and you know we're really proud of just the physical and mental fortitude that he's shown uh and now it's time to go have fun and so he you know he made his first start at an affiliate in two plus years last weekend um you know we have a little bit of a pitch pitch count as he's coming back so he was around 40 pitches last week he'll be a little bit higher this week as as he makes a start here today on saturday so just really excited and proud of the effort he's put in to make it back and we're seeing his velocity trend back up we're seeing his secondary pitches really start to come back to form like they were before injury and you know commands usually one of the last hurdles with tommy john but you know we're excited just to see him back in game action get those reps with guys in different uniforms with the stadium behind them. And um, still a guy that we're really excited about in our organization and just has, you know, a pretty high ceiling uh, with what he can do when he's throwing the baseball. And just in closing, Rob, I know uh, from your perspective, the proximity of, of the Lake County ball club to Cleveland, uh, you can just shoot over there 
gosh, you can leave, you know, for a lunchtime game at, at like 1130 and, and still make it. But uh, for the players, I know a lot of them live in, in downtown Cleveland. And um, why is that important? And, and how can that benefit them even at this stage of their careers? Yeah, you know, I think it's such a, a competitive advantage for us just in the sense that all of our teams are close. They get to build relationships with teammates in different organizations. And, and then to your point, they kind of get that first taste of what it's like to live in Cleveland, um, see the city. And, you know, they almost kind of build a little bit of that first connection with, with the area and, and the wish that they're all trying to get to with Progressive Field right down the street with a lot of them living downtown. And, um, yeah, you know, I think it kind of just creates some of that that connection to the city um, and having them so close to, to us is, is certainly a competitive advantage when, you know, with, with them and Akron and Columbus all two hours or less, uh, they get a chance to, to kind of build the connection with our, with the state of Ohio and also their teammates that end up living really close to them regardless of level. So that's something that, that we're really, uh, we're really fortunate to have. And, um, you know, I hope it remains to be just a staple of our organization with how, you know, we wave guys throughout the minor leagues. Well, Rob, good stuff as always. Thanks a lot for the time, and we'll catch up with you again real soon. Thanks, Rosie. Appreciate your time. That's Rob Serfolio, the Director of Player Development for the Guardians, and that's going to do it for our show this week. Thanks so much, as always, to Brian Motze for helping to put together our show, and we'll join you next week from New York City, where the Guardians are taking on the New York Mets on their next road swing. Until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Thanks for being a part of it. So long, everybody. Guardians Weekly has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. 